Welcome to the Cape Life Podcast. Life in the Cape League. Cape League life. Any one of those three goes around here. I'm Bobby Manning. Let's take a quick breather from the crises in this league. As well as the temporary player dilemma. The... The things they have to work through to get the year running every single season. Let's talk about the stars of this league. And the guy who's been shining bright for this Couture team all year long. Looked like it was going to be ending early. It was a scary, scary moment a week and a half ago against Falmouth. But first, the Cape Life podcast. We're going to more and more locations. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, that's for certain. We are on this place called Player FM, if that's what you prefer. We're also on Stitcher now. Now, the one I'm still battling for, I'm in the back room right now fighting these people, iHeartRadio. I was talking to someone in the stands about a week, two weeks ago, and they said, I use iHeartRadio. This is the number one podcast app. Now, me being the iPhone elitist I am over here using the iTunes podcast app, I'm thinking that's how everybody gets their podcast. Well, nope. There's other ways, Bobby. iHeartRadio coming soon. We're battling for that one, the number one podcast streaming app. If you didn't know, now you know. But let me know if there's a platform that we don't have, that we aren't on yet, Life in the Cape League, then let us know. We'll get on there as soon as possible. If you have some of these platforms, please subscribe. Please rate five stars, iTunes, wherever else you can rate. Really appreciate it. Anyway, Nick Gonzalez, this guy is incredible. If you haven't seen him playing second base for Katuit this year, you better get down the low park. He is 355 this season. Led all at Cape Cod League at one point in average, just as he led at the NCAA down in New Mexico State. 28 runs, that's 16% of Katuit's runs this season. Nine doubles, two triples, six bombs. Two of those in the last five games. 24 RBI, 15 walks to 14 strikeouts. He's walked more than he's struck out. And he's 5 for 5 from the base pass. We got to know him a little bit here before we get into that scary moment against Falmouth. His movie obsession. What makes him who he is as a player. Where he took that big jump to becoming a great player. Got to chat quite a bit these last couple of weeks with Nick Gonzalez, which is great. Awesome interview. Appreciate that from him. New Mexico State's Nick Gonzalez is up here on the Cape Life Podcast. Alright, welcome to the Cape Life Podcast. Life in the Cape League. Cape Life League. We're trying out all the names. (laughs) And we're here with Nick Gonzalez, who is leading the team in average to start the year. What's gone right for you so far, you feel like? You know, uh, feeling real good at the plate and uh, finding a good pitch to hit. Being aggressive. Coach Roberts is helping us all. We've been real aggressive lately and trying to find a good pitch to hit and making solid contact. So how did you get into baseball growing up? Uh, baseball, my parents, my dad played baseball and my mom played softball. Um, and, you know, we played. I had an older brother who always played baseball, so every time he was at the park, I was at the park too. And uh, it was baseball and football mo- uh, mostly that's what we played what took you toward baseball was that was just what you had the most success in yeah I think it was the most success in size as well uh, my brother he chose football 
but he's actually like five inches taller than me and about 100 pounds more. So <laughs> he's a lot bigger than I am. So I think the size and uh, I had more success in baseball. What's the key to a guy at your size having so much success? Is it the speed game? No, I think it's more just knowing uh, what kind of hitter and what kind of player you are. You know, I know I'm not a guy who is going to hit a ton of home runs. Or, and, uh, you know, I have to really stay stay within myself while I'm hitting BP and while I'm in the game. Was there a moment growing up where you felt, oh, I could be pretty good at this when you were playing? <laughs> uh, you know, growing up, I, I had success and everything, but I, I never really... Um, Never really think that, you know, I just take it a day at a time and uh, just come out and try to get better every day. So what brought you into New Mexico State? Yeah, uh, it's a funny story. I don't, I don't really, it wasn't like my dream school or anything, but that was about the only school that had interest in me that was close to home, which is Arizona, um, Tucson. So it's about three and a half hour drive from Tucson. Do you feel like schools overlook you a little bit in recruitment? Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, not, no hard feelings uh, at all. I'm happy where I am, and I'm really glad of the teammates I've met and the bonds I have with all of them. So you've probably heard this a million times, but you led the country in average last year. What do you think allowed you to take the leap you did in your sophomore season? Yeah, I think the help with my coaches and uh, the work I put in and also the experience. You know, I, I had uh, coming out of high school, you know, I was – I was, wasn't as disciplined as I was uh, my sophomore year, so freshman year of college, I was kind of just a free swinger, and my sophomore year, I was able to uh, dial it down. Coming here to Katuit, what brought you to this team? Uh, actually, Coach Roberts, uh, he had um, my coach, Brian Green, back in New Mexico State, was uh, wanted me to come here to learn to steal more bases and, and uh, be a better base stealer and base runner, and he had sent a few guys here um, when he was at Kentucky. And then he had sent me here actually last year, the end of last year. How'd you get here? I flew here from Indiana last summer, and then this time I flew from Arizona. What do you make of the season so far? Especially today, I want to talk to you about that play over at first base and the 4-1 win over Bourne. <laughs> they were trying to pick you off, and you just went. Yeah. Were you planning on stealing there? Yeah, I was. I was planning on going first movement with the lefty, and then... Uh, when he had thrown it, I didn't hear the glove pop of the first baseman. I noticed it was kind of low, so I was thinking three. And then when I was able uh, to go all the way home, Coach Coach Roberts was waving me, and I was able to score on that. So they say Roberts is good. Aubrey told me Roberts is good with the base running. What kind of tips has he given you in that uh, regard this year? Yeah, he's he's uh, he helps so much with your momentum and getting more momentum towards the base and. You know, not just stealing, to steal, stealing, because you know you're going to be safe. And, and he's been helping a lot of us, and we're going to start stealing more bags here soon. We're just getting comfortable in practice and, and uh, learning the ropes. It sounds like there's some instinct in that regard, too, like hearing for that yes. glove. Yes. All right, so what are, what are some other things you like to do besides baseball? What are some of your hobbies? Yeah, I like to – actually, I'm a big movie guy. I like to go watch movies. Um, usually see probably five, six movies a month. I usually go every week, um, Tuesday movie nights back home. And every Tuesday? Every Tuesday, usually. What are and some of the good ones you've seen the last Oh, week? any Marvel movie. I love any oh, Marvel here, movie. No, that, yeah. <laughs> see, I've been, I've been wanting to get into those, but I feel like it's too big of a commitment because you've got to see so many of yeah, them. Yeah, it is a big commitment. If, you know, I've been doing it since 2008 when Iron Man came out and been watching it. Um, so it's, it's just been every three months you go and watch the new Marvel movie. Um, Spider-Man coming out here in a few days 
And uh, yeah, it's just a big movie guy. I love to watch movies. Other than that, I think I just love being out here playing baseball. What's uh, what's it like living out here? You're a West Coast guy, desert. Yeah. It's a little different out here. Yeah. How have you how have you been adjusting? And I know you were here last year, but how do you like this place compared to where you're from? Yeah, it's it's definitely different. It's a little different. The bugs and the humidity and the trees and it's different for me. But I mean, I like it. Uh, the first few weeks are always a little challenging. Last year, I was only here ten days, and that was a little challenge for me uh, trying to adapt and. But this year, um, you know, I was here four or five days, and I was I was ready to go, and I was uh, feeling comfortable. How does it feel to be in a groove like you are to start this season? Yeah, it, it feels really good. Um, you know, uh, it's it's good to get the jitters out of the way and uh, get to playing baseball like I can. And what are you what are you trying to build on by the end of the season here? I think just uh, trying to get better as best I can with uh, really competitive pitching, um, seeing it every day, and I think it's the best for me and. Uh, it's it's going to really help me moving forward into the future. All right, last one. What's the most embarrassing moment you've ever had on the field? Oh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> last year at the regional in Texas Tech, I think it was a 1-1 count, fastball inside, and I hit it down the line. And it was – I knew it was over the fence, but it was whether or not it was fair or foul. I, I wasn't sure about and it went – it was like even with the pole and over the pole. So I thought it was a home run, and I was running around the bases, <laughs> cheering, yelling. And then I got to second, and the umpire says, hey, foul ball. And I was looking at him the whole time. I never saw him say foul ball or anything. So I had to run all the way back from second. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was a one-two on about that. And it was actually the fans, the other fans for Texas Tech yelling and and then I think next pitch was a slider down and I struck out or something. It was, it was embarrassing, but it was it was funny. Now that I look back, it's really Against funny. Against Texas Tech. Huh? Yeah. I'll have to go back and find that yeah. one on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's Nick Gonzalez. We'll get to know him more throughout the year. Best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. This was the setup for Katuit in that seventh inning, the faithful one I was talking about, July 10th, in that game against Falmouth. The Cataliers won 6-1. This seventh inning was a big reason why, but it almost could have been devastating for their season. Nick Gonzalez got up, walked. Robinson's on second at that point. Albier Major gets up. As I've talked about, he's basically gotten a hit every time I've seen him get up this year. He smacks one in the center. Robinson scores, Gonzalez gets all the way out to third. Now Casey Schmidt comes up. He hits a ball in the play. Right over toward first base, they throw home. Now Falmouth's catcher, Troy Clunch. He gets in the way of Gonzalez as they slide in. Gonzalez is going feet first in them. There's a huge collision at the plate. Now Clunch, unable to lay the tag down. Gonzalez scores on that play. And I'm looking around. At that point, it's 4-1 to one Katuit. And Clunch is down. Everybody's surrounding him. He's rolling around, agony on the ground. I didn't even see where Gonzalez went on that play. I think he scampered right back into the dugout. And then the guy next to me says, Oh, look, Gonzalez, he, I think he's hurt over there in the dugout. And he was. Couldn't put any pressure on that right foot. Then you start hearing the whispers after the game. He comes right out. They send Looper Fido to second base which of course knocks Kyle Nicholas into the leadoff position the closer for this team 
and Gonzalez is done for the game. You start to hear the whispers. Is it a stress fracture? He can't put any weight on it. He can't walk. I went over and talked to him. He was hanging on the side of the dugout. I'm like, you know what it is? He's like, oh, I got to go get an x-ray. That was scary. They go to the ER that whole night around midnight. I was keeping in touch with his dad. And they get the great news right after midnight after waiting hours. Bruce, the GM, was there with him of the Kettleers. And they get the great news after midnight. No break, no fracture, not even anything to precautionarily send. Gonzalez back home for the season. So he takes a few nights off, shakes it off. Next four games, two home runs in four games. He just keeps going just like that. Gonzalez is incredible. Here's the second half of my interview with him about that scary moment against Falmouth. So we're back here with Nick Gonzalez on the Cape Life podcast. And last Wednesday, everybody saw that scary moment when you collided at home plate against Falmouth there. How scary was that for you? Um, it wasn't too scary uh, once I kind of you know, took a deep breath and took a seat on the bench and... I was trying to walk around a little bit. At first, I couldn't put any pressure on my leg, so they were worried it might be like a stress fracture or something in my shin. But but after about an hour or two, it you know the pain went away a little bit, and then it ended up being just a pretty bad bruise. And and uh, everyone just wanted to make sure that I wouldn't get hurt anymore. You know, so I took a few days off. Uh, I probably could have came back earlier, but just precautionary. And uh, the training staff did a great job healing me and making sure I was ready to go for today. Well, the, the thing was, the catcher was out there rolling around on the ground, yeah. so I think me and other people were looking over there, and you made it back to the dugout. Yep. So what was, I know Ro- Coach Roberts said he had a similar injury, but he had a lot more swelling in the knee. Yes. You didn't really yes. have that, did no, you? No, I had no swelling really until the next day, and it was just in my muscles. No, you know, not around the ankle or the knee. So. And you hear stress fracture, and that's scary. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely scary. You know, you don't ever want to think that. But um, we had to go get x-rays just just in case, you know, we want to make, take uh, precautions, and, and uh, it ended up being good. And I was talking to your dad, too. That was a late night at the hospital, wasn't it? Yes, it was. We were there till like, almost 1 a.m. And uh, Bruce Murphy, he was there as well. Um, he's a trooper. He was with me till like, 1 a.m., and... He didn't have to be, and he did, and it was awesome. How'd you pass that time in the waiting room? Those ER waiting rooms are something else. Yeah, I know. I was just playing uh, video games on my phone. <laughs> no no movies for no that movies, one? It's just video games. <laughs> so have you been keeping up that movie night out here? Uh, I have. I went and saw Spider-Man, uh, was it, a few nights ago with uh, my roommate and my host brother. I went and saw Spider-Man. Me and Ovi, Oviedo, the shortstop, we, we go and we talk about you know all the Marvel movies, but we didn't get to watch that together. We would have. But we didn't get to it. Just schedules over here just didn't add up and line up. All right, for that next one, let me know. We'll find some we can both like. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So base running with this team, Roberts is known for it. He's written a couple of books. Um, Mason told me that you guys, like, walked through all the bases when you first got down here. Uh, What have you gained from that in the two seasons here, his expertise there? Yeah, I've honestly just gained comfortability and i'm so much more comfortable out there on the bases and i feel like i could steal more bases going back into school which is important um, for me i only stole i think seven bags this year three bags my freshman year so total of 10 bases in two years with my type of speed is is uh subpar so does he push you to be aggressive what are some of the things he you know really drills a lot yeah yeah he does push us to be aggressive but as of right now we're hitting pretty well i mean i think we lead uh, the league and home runs and you know runs about it in and stuff so 
I don't think he's too worried about, you know, trying to steal a bag or steal, steal a base right now just because of how we're swinging the bats. And how often do you work on the running with him specifically? Yeah, he, the beginning of the season, we were working on it almost every day. And then now, you know, with games every single day and we have camp and everything that we're doing, we're busy all through the week. So our time is precious and valuable and we get to, you know, get in and take our ground balls and our hacks to get ready for the game. Those, that rain's getting ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Friday, <laughs> Friday just came down. Didn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it definitely did. And out of nowhere, too, and it got dark in a hurry. Is this the worst summer with that that you've had? Uh, you know, last summer it rained. And when it rained, it rained. I mean, like, everything was flooded and you had you know, to wait a few days just to play. And the drainage of the field was terrible. We actually had our clubhouse-type dugout. It was downhill, so it just flooded in there. Since Gonzalez was okay, we can laugh a little bit about this aspect of that game. Kyle Nicholas, with the double switch, they sent Luper Fido from the DH spot to second base to fill in for Gonzalez for the rest of that game. That sends Nicholas into the lineup. You lose the DH spot when you move the DH into the field. So the pitcher has to hit where the DH was, or no, where the substitution was made. So Gonzalez leads off the game, and Kyle Nicholas gets into that leadoff spot. After the inning ends with Operfito out there in the field, I think he was expecting to get pinch hit for him. I know Peter next to me down there behind home plate doing the stats and all that. I got to give him credit too for eyeing that Gonzalez injury. Couldn't think of his name a few minutes ago. Peter Flaherty. He is like, all right, they're probably going to pinch hit this guy. Well, nope. Nicholas comes up to the plate. Now, granted, Katuit had scored two runs at this point. It's the eighth inning. Who knows if if it's a 2-1 game instead of a 6-1 game if he hits here. Nicholas, is he, he said they were going to hit him there. No matter whether it was 4-1, which is what it was going into that inning, and then 6-1 when he came up to hit. He takes a big hack at the first one. Everybody's going crazy in the dugout. This guy hasn't hit since high school. Gets one up high. He's got a 1-1 count. Gets a nice one to swing at next pitch. Rolls over toward the second baseman between him and the first baseman. Looked like he was going to sweep in there in the right field. And the second baseman just got to it. Threw him out at first. And Kyle Nicholas is 0-1 at the plate on the season. Probably not going to hit again this year, he said. I had to talk to Nicholas about that one. Whew. Nothing funnier than a pitcher at bat. And the NL still does it multiple times a game in the MLB. Imagine that. Anyway, Nicholas is going to wrap off episode 6 of the Cape Life podcast. Welcome back to Life in the Cape League, the Cape, Life, Cape Life podcast. I always butcher the names. I have like three of them. Kyle Nicholas is here with us, pitcher for Katuit and Ball State. Welcome. Nice. Thanks for having me. So you got to hit today <laughs> after the Nick Gonzalez injury yep. with the double switch and all that. When, mm-hmm. when was the last time you got to hit? Uh, senior year in high school, <laughs> about two years ago. So you yeah. haven't been taking swings or anything like no. that, have you? I, got, I had an AB in the fall, this past fall, but I wasn't really, no, no. It was definitely eye-opening <laughs> so when did you when did you hear that you were going to be hitting was it after the uh, runs that came in yeah it was after uh, I came in from pitching 
And our pitching coach said, hey, you're up fit this inning. So <laughs> oh, like, so they said it right when you came yeah, back Yeah, right in. when I came in. So I was like, so does that mean, like, I'm hitting or you're taking me out? And he was like, you're hitting. So I, was, <laughs> I got all geared up. My teammates gave me a bunch of their gear, and I was just trying to look, just trying to look good out there. Yeah, do you even have a helmet? <laughs> no, I, I had to borrow one. I had to borrow everything. A bat, and a bat, bat, bat too. Whose yeah. bat did you use? Uh, I used Aubrey's, his BP bat. Didn't want to break any any game bats. Yeah, you, were, you you tried using the you know hottest hitter on the team, but it yeah. didn't work out for you. What did you <laughs> no. see up there? Uh, came in with a fastball, first pitch. Uh, I was really late on it. I think I swung when it hit the catcher's mitt. And so that was crazy. And then he tried to throw a curveball. I think it slipped out of his hand or something. It went above my head. And then I was just sitting on fastball next pitch, and he threw it. And I was still a little late on it. Cause Did you think that one was going to slip through? Yeah. I, I had to watch it when I was in the box. Like I, I didn't get out of the box for a couple of seconds just because I wanted to see my hit. And... Uh, yeah, I thought it was for a sec, but he made the play. So you throw really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess so. I like yeah. to think so. So for a hard thrower like you, what, about what age do you feel like you caught the extra few miles per hour on um, there that you felt like you were really throwing hard? Uh, I'd say through high school I had like a slow gradual uh, like jump. Uh, each year it was like a couple miles an hour, but it was actually this past fall where I made my biggest jump. Um, and I just got a lot stronger, started using my body better, mm-hmm. like figuring out what to do to be consistently throwing hard. And now I'm just trying to find the consistency in the zone. So, um, I like where things are going right now. What's the key to like picking up that extra, you know, half mile an hour? To have it consistent, you got to put in work. I mean, simple as that. You got to lift, you got to do arm care, you got to condition your arms. So. Um, I think it's just all those things, and my coaches at Ball State have really helped me uh, find a routine that uh, encompasses all of that stuff, so um, it's been pretty good. And what, what brought you to Ball State? Was that a place you always had your eyes on, or was uh, it a few schools? No, I actually didn't know about Ball State until they started recruiting me, um, and I, I just love the coaching staff, campus, the guys were awesome when I went on my visit, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, winning program. I mean, that's what you want to play for. You want to play for championships. So um, I just fell in love with it. That was the right choice. You think that'll be your last step out of the year? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I don't see myself getting up to the plate anymore. And that is episode six of the Cape Life podcast, Life in the Cape League. As I look at the scoreboard right now down in Katuit, or in Hyannis, rather, Kettleers, they're leading the Harbor Hawks 15 to 4. So it looks like Katuit's going to move on to 7 3 and 1 in their last 11. They've been on a little bit of a tear. They're still right there with Wareham, Falmouth, all in the play for that division title in the West Side. West Side? It's been a good, good half for Katuit with the losses, with some of the scares that they've had. About to move to. 17, 13, and 3 on the season as we record this. So definitely a reason to come back. Hyannis, again, Saturday, 5 o'clock, Lowell Park. All-Star Games on Sunday in Orleans. We'll see how that goes for this team, how they pick up the pieces that pitcher going forward. Is there any more rainouts the rest of the way? You would think not, 
but I thought not after June and it just kept pouring through July. I don't want to keep talking about rain, I don't want to keep talking about temporary pitchers, so we're going to talk interns, staff, and Andrew Mycock, the father of the Katuit Cataliers who passed in 2016. We're going to do a little bit of a tribute to him here on the show, so we'll get to know all the people behind the scenes of the Cataliers that way on the next episode of the Cape Life Podcast, Life in the Cape League. I'm Bobby Manning. We will see you in one week. Una semana.